Now today, we are looking at another facet of Jesus. And is Jesus our tender friend? And we are going to see how radical the friendship of Jesus is this morning. I hope that it's going to be like almost a revelation to you. Because when I did it for myself, I thought, wow, never thought of Jesus in that depth of friendship. So I hope it will do that in your heart. Now, my verse is actually Matthew 11, uh, verse 19. And I don't know if you guys have heard the expression, Jesus is the friend of sinners. Have you heard this expression? Put your hand up if you have heard it. Yeah, pretty much everybody has heard the expression, Jesus is the friend of sinners. Actually, it's really funny because uh, Jamie and I, we were talking about uh, this preach, and it reminded us that in the 90s, there was this very popular song by Matt Redmond. Do you remember that, Ash? You remember? Jesus, Jesus, friend of sinners, friend of mine. Yeah? So you remember that? We all saw that, and it was really a rejoicing song, you know, jumping up and down. So it was a very youth kind of thing, isn't it? Like a bit like an anthem. Uh, and actually, I think this song made the, 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 the phrase Jesus, of, um, friend of sinner, like a very positive expression. It really was like, wow, this is so cool. Jesus really understands us. He's our friend. We can really buddy together. Yes, that was kind of the vibe. And it's true, it's true, partly true, but when you look at Matthew 11, verse 19, you realize that actually this expression was meant as an insult. It was like, I read the verse right now, you're going to realize how an insult it was. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collector and sinners. That was like, ugh, Jesus. What an horrible person you are. Okay? Uh, and obviously the people who were saying that were mostly the religious people who thought they were very righteous and behaving properly. Okay? And very holy, you know? And they had this attack on Jesus. And what we say here is Jesus actually came and love taking part into banquet and celebration with people. He loved eating and drinking with people. But there came an attack on his character. That you are glutton, you drink, and you know, obviously we know that's not true because it says that Jesus was able to remain yet without sin. So we know that's an attack and it was, uh, you know, it was, it, it was slander. It was not even true of Jesus. But this attack was a direct result of who Jesus is at the core. At the core, he is a friend. And even a friend of tax collector and sinners. You know? Religious people could not stand this idea. They could not stand the idea that Jesus could mingle with such a people tax collectors and sinners. These two groups actually were really despised at the time and really hated, you know. Uh, first, the tax collector. Do you know why the reason the tax collector were hated? Is because they were like traitors, because they were collecting the tax for the Romans. 
So you remember the, the, the country was occupied by the Roman and they were collecting the tax, so they were traitors firstly, but second, they were thief because very often they were filling their pocket as well. So they were thief. And then sinners, that's referring to all people of low moral standing, okay? Uh, the prostitute, the people who love drinking, okay? That kind of people. Uh, but the obvious interpretation of the passage here is that Jesus enjoyed spending time with them. And he did eat and he did drink with these people. And he was a part of the, their life. And, and it was known of. People knew that Jesus was doing that. It was known of. It was, it was not hiding it. Okay? So, uh, the second thing that is really obvious to me is that the sinners felt really comfortable around Jesus. They were happy for him to be there. They were attracted to his heart. Uh, imagine Matthew, the tax collector, right? And Matthew saying, oh, Jesus, my auntie is getting married. You better be at the wedding because really a party without you, that's really not a party. And really we're counting on your party trick, right? You know, water into wine. <laughs> we're counting on it, Jesus. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm joking. But I can imagine they were a little bit like that, you know. They were really happy to be with Jesus. And Jesus didn't take any notice of the accusation made by the religious people. He didn't care. Actually, he said to his defense in Matthew 9, verse 13, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So that's why he's there. That's why he's with them. He's not getting, like, somehow perverted by the sinners. No, he's coming to bring the light. Okay? And in Hebrew, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Jesus was able to understand us and our weakness and empathize, but remaining without sins. So we're not questioning the morality and the character of Jesus there. Think about it. How could Jesus, fully God, but fully man, how could Jesus really connect to us, fully understand us, fully understand our needs without spending time with us? It's impossible. So to Jesus, being a friend, it's really my first big point here. Mm. Jesus, to Jesus, being a friend is more important than his own reputation. Being a friend is part of who he is. He is called to be a friend. So what kind of friend is Jesus? Right, so... Is it going to work? Dimitri, are you still here? Would you oh, click you on my... Oh, it's funny. That's really good. Thank you. So, if we look at relationships in general, and sorry for the S, I know it should be there, and that really annoys me. Uh, so, <laughs> if we look at our relationship circles, okay, it, it looks a little bit like that. We've got people in our lives and we have people very close to us, like close friends, close family. And we have people that are acquaintances, people that are just occasionally in our lives. So the more you go towards yourself, 
the more the people you can trust generally, if it's a good relationship, you can trust them, the more you're likely to spend time with them. Uh, the people close to you are the people whose, whose opinion matters. I mean, you don't really care too much if your doctor thinks you're an idiot. I mean, you see him once. I mean, preferably he doesn't think that, but you know, I mean, you don't care too much. You see that person once, you know, from um, sometimes. Um, and the closest the people to you, the more they will invest in you. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Actually, let's, let's pause a second. Let's pause a second. And let's be really, really honest. Okay, for a second. Relationships. It's a little difficult, isn't it? It's actually quite tricky. It could be first that you don't have the privilege to have a spouse in your life. Some of us, it's true. It could be first that your family connections, well, God needs to do a miracle in there because you don't have many. It is, it is possible. Let's be real. It could be that you had very good friends, but the circumstances of life, it's, you know, you, you, you've not been able to keep those very close friends. Mm -hmm. It is possible, right? Now, even when you have close friends, would you agree that life is pretty busy? Okay? And there are distances issues, yeah? Um, I know that we, we used to have really amazing friends, and they had to go back to Australia. And now, of course, we, we love them, and when we see each other, we like, click, we're good friends, yes? But on a day-to-day, -day, I can't call upon them because there is a distance issue. I can't call upon my mom and dad, surely, because they're over to France. I mean, thank God now we could FaceTime, but it's not quite the same, isn't it? So I know many, many of you are in those situations. Relationships can be difficult. And actually, think about it. Even when you have friends, and a very special couple of friends, Okay. Well, don't you think that some, it's quite difficult to be authentic with people and actually tell things about yourself, your intimate thoughts, and tell your weaknesses without fearing any judgment, yeah. without fearing you're going to lose your friend? Isn't it true? Yeah. It's tricky. Relationship is tricky. So for all of us, relationship is a challenge. How to get friends who could get us completely and yet will never let us down. Friends who won't run away when they see my flaws and weaknesses. How can, how can we get this level of friendship? That is what the gospel is promising you. Jesus is that friend. Even better, even better. Jesus stick with you even when you let him down. Time after time, you might mess up and he will still be there. And there's not many friends like that. Actually, I would say there's probably no friends like that on earth. Okay? So he offers his friendship to us. You see, Jesus is at the core of our friendship cycle. He's the closest to you. It's even better, he's not in the yellow circle here. He is the, in the bullseye. That's where Jesus is. He is with you in the bullseye. Okay? 
Da-da-da, we did what? Yes. So Jesus is with you in the bullseyes. Okay, what does he do? He embraces you completely, whatever your state. His friendship is never conditional. Never. And he will never abandon you. I could give you hundreds of verses, but I won't. Even when you disagree with him, he will still be there, in the circle, at the core. You know, he's with you, he's in you. You can trust him completely. There is no limit to what you can share with him. There's no ceiling of what you can share with him. He will never, never fail you. And he will be with you until the end of time. Amen. That's the promise of Jesus. In fact, in Revelation 3 verse 29, you know, we've got there a passage who describes the open invitation that we have in Jesus. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they will be with me. Brilliant verse. But what's funny is this passage is mostly used to preach the gospel. Have you ever heard that? Yes, I've heard it quite several times. So often it's used to preach the gospel and to call unbelievers to see how amazing God is. But what is amazing is when you look at Revelation 3, you could see the context. This passage was actually written to a group of Christians. It's a group of Christians who had grown very lukewarm in their relationship with God. They had pursued their life. They had pursued their wealth. They basically thought they needed nothing. And they were not close to God. And the passage says, actually, they found themselves poor, blind, and naked spiritually. And God, in that passage, is actually calling them to repentance. Calling them to go back to God. It's a repentance moment. Okay? And that's how Jesus called them to repent. Here I am, standing, ready for friendship. I am standing. I'm ready. Ready for friendship. I do not force the door. Even if you shut it. He never shuts the door. You shut it. But I'm not going to push through. I am here, ready, whenever you are. I'm ready. I'm standing. I'm ready for action. And he's knocking. He's knocking with a heart full of burning desire to be our friend. He's pursuing us. He's calling us. He might shout words of affirmation. He said, remember, remember. Remember who you are, the son and daughter of God. Remember. Remember your call, your destiny. And so he's calling with his voice through the door. And he says, when you're ready, you open the door. And when you open the door, then he comes in. He comes to be present, to sit with you, to enjoy time with you, to eat with you. You see, I love this because the food here reinforces that it's supposed to be a good time. An enjoyable, communion time. Isn't it interesting how many banquet pictures there is in the Bible? Even communion is bread and wine, you know? So it's, it's, here the, the idea is there again. 
enjoyable communion together. Okay? He doesn't say, he doesn't say, Jesus stand knocking on the door. Let me in, I will come and sort you out. We're having a little repentance meeting here. He doesn't say that. He said he will come, be present with you, sit and eat. I mean, you see the picture of eating make me think as well that he is as well listening to you because you don't eat together by just always talk. You have to stop chewing, right? You stop, you chew, you listen to the other person. There's an exchange there, right? Yeah, when you eat, it's not like down the throat to the other one. No, yeah, you eat a bit, you take, you listen, you respond. There's an exchange. You, that's what the friendship with Jesus looks like. It's a relationship that looks like a deep friendship of two people sitting together, enjoying time together, listening to each other. Okay, once you open the door. Yes. Once you open the door, he becomes your companion. He's becoming your companion. That person that will journey with you he is in the bullseye. Right in the bullseye. Before anybody else. Before friend, family, spouse, whatever. He's there in the bullseye with you. Okay? And he promises in Matthew 28, 20 that he will be with us until the very end. What is so remarkable in that this friendship is a two-way relationship. Two-way relationship. There's a mutuality here that is actually difficult to explain because clearly we know that Jesus is up, he is up here, right? He's the king, right? He's got the authority. Right? He's the Lord. Would you agree all of that? So he's up, he's up here. But still, the way you approach us is with a mutual consent a mutual affection, a mutual delight of being together. I love Steve's in the book, he, he talks about the free opening of secrets. You sit with your friend and say, I'm going to share a little bit of my heart. And the other one says, oh yeah, me too. Let me share a little bit of mine. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and these, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Have you noticed that? It goes like that when you're with friends, yeah? And some of us have experienced this to an extent, I would say. You know, you're sitting with Jesus and you tell him about your heart and your dreams. And then he comes and he shares his heart and he shares his dream for your family, for yourself. Yeah, this little exchange, you know. It's a real mystery, but you know that in John 15, verse 15, it says, uh, you know, I'm calling you friends. I'm not calling you servant. I'm calling you friend because you love the Father so much. And whatever you ask, I will give you. Because when you're friend with Jesus, he trusts you. He trusts you. He works both ways. You trust him, he trusts you. Okay? And you share. You share your dreams. So although God is God with all power and authority, and Jesus is clearly fully God, is as well fully man, and he come to have this relationship with you as a two-way friendship. So you see, the friendship that Jesus offers has mutual honor, he has mutual respect, it's full of joy, it's full of comfort, it's full of openness. So we relate to him 
like we would relate as a person, as an actual friend, yeah. as an actual friend. So the invitation is here for you. Jesus, our friend, he wants to come in and eat with us. He wants to be in the bull's eye of our relationships. He wants to be in communion with us. How do we let him in? It's very simple. It should be simple. How do we grow into this relationship with God? How do we let him in? Well, we answer the invitation first. We open the door. That's all we have to say. You say, yes, Lord. Because we're giving permission to be our friend. He's not going to force himself. So first we're giving permission. Say, yes, Jesus, I'm ready to talk about that now. Maybe last year I was not. But now I am ready to talk about this. Let's talk about it. And then we look at ways to grow in the awareness of his presence by remembering he's here with us all the time. And we abide in him. And honestly, whatever works for you is good. Okay? What works for Fiola is coffee with Jesus. Okay? So is that moment where she gets her coffee in the morning and she sits and she's going to think she's sitting with Jesus. Right, Fiola? Absolutely. That's what Fiola does. I mean, some of you might not like coffee, so it might be tea with Jesus. Okay? But some of you might have uh, five kids and you have to rush for the door. And maybe that's not the best time in the morning, so you'll find another time to sit with Jesus. Or do you know what? You put a sticker on your mirror because when you brush your teeth, you, you have a sticker and say, Jesus is with me. You, whatever works for you to have an awareness that you're not doing the day without him. And by the way, it's better to do little and often. Be aware he's there through the day rather than say, okay, 8 o'clock. Yes, amen, Jesus. Bye. Going to have my dinner. Don't we do that? We do that sometimes, isn't it? So actually, it could be at, I mean, I mean, in my life, I've done some bad jobs, right? So toilet break was my time with Jesus. You know, in the toilet, he would go like this, Jesus, help, help, help. Uh, you know, but all the time, it's more joyful. Joyful, he was driving around and, you know, putting a tape of worship. He said, yeah, he's with me, he's my friend. And talking, yes? Whatever works for you. Yes, whatever. I'm not going to pretend I'm really super good at that. I need to grow. I need to grow in that, okay? You can help me to grow in that. Because we all need to grow in the awareness that he's always with us, in the bullseyes, okay? So we start as well, number three, we start by being authentic. And we share with him how we are feeling. Because if you, you say, okay, I'm going to have a time with Jesus, but you, you don't let him in, you don't say what you're feeling, that's not going to go, that's not being a friend. So you start by being authentic and you say, well, do you know what? Jesus, today, it's an amazing day. I feel amazing. What could we do together? But another day, day today, wow, I woke up and wow, my legs are hurting me. Jesus, that's not easy, but be with me. Be with me. Be my strength. Come and be the healer today. 
and stop at where you are at. Every day, wherever you are at, wherever it is that, that is bothering me or you. And you know, another thing is, if you want to grow in friendship with someone, you've got to prioritize specific time to be with them, right? Yes? So I love this picture here of the two guys on the beach. You know, they've got their food down there. They're having a bit of fun with the lights. And they prioritize our two friends. We're going to go and we're going to have an evening relaxing at the beach and we're going to chat. Yeah, that's all we do. Okay. And I invite you to find time like this with Jesus uh, where you can just maybe shut off the, the, the noises and, uh, and sit with him. And whatever works, just chat with him. Okay. And finally, you know with your best friend, what's amazing is you don't even need to feel silent. Isn't it right? You can literally just sit and be. And silence, I think, is a powerful way in which you can engage with Jesus. Sometimes you just don't have the words. And that's okay. Just say to Jesus, well, I'm going to just sit there with you. That's all right. If it helps you to put a, uh, I mean, I'm like that. I mean, I always think about three things at the same time, so it's not helpful. <laughs> so it helps me to put a, a song. So I put a worship song. I'm just going to be quiet for five minutes. And I see what Jesus uh, wants to do. You know, there's this famous verse that say, be still and know that I am God. Amen. I think nowadays Jesus would say, be still long enough so you know I am your friend. <laughs> you know, because we're rushing everywhere. We always have the, the, our phones and ping and ping. Yes, be still long enough so you know he's your friend. And in the silence, let him be with you. Sit and enjoy time with you and delight being with you. Let him speak to you as well in the silence. All right, so let's just close our eyes. This is what Jesus says. Here I am. I stand and I knock on the door of your heart. I'm knocking. Would you let me in? Would you let me in, in the bullseyes of your relationship? Would you let me in? Because some of you, you might have said, yes, Jesus, I want to be saved. I'm answering to that. But do you want him as a friend? Do you want him? Do you want him as a companion for your everyday life? It's up to you. Answer the invitation there. He wants, he wants to be your friend. He wants to sit with you and eat with you. You know, the amazing thing about Jesus is he loves you and he likes you. He loves you and he likes being with you. It's his choice to be with you. It's choice to be with you. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Someone who can understand us, but as well will never let us down. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. I pray, Lord, that this week we will have an increased awareness of who you are. Lord, I pray that this week we will make decisions that are concrete so that our, dis our friendship will, with you will grow. Lord, I pray for all of us that we will have an increased you know, um, decision in, t in terms of being authentic with Jesus, having specific time with him, and developing the awareness of how amazing your friendship is, Jesus. Thank you that you are always with us, that you stand with us, that you are in us, in the bullseye, that we, we, we are never, never, never alone. Never alone. And we should say thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Amen.